okay with Jay Beckett. Daddy is the short film played at the LGBTQ plus film festival. It's a film about, uh, I guess it's a horror film about a sugar daddy. I guess that's the best way to describe it. What about, how would you describe this film? I'll describe it. It is a horror film thriller slash romance. You know, it is uh, about this guy, Rodrigo, who is desperately looking for love and money. He's looking for what, in what order? What order? I think it's in the order of money than love, you know. And then but, the, the, and the sugar daddy is not what he he thinks he is. And then there's a revenge. It's basically a revenge uh, story as well, I guess, right? It is. So this guy, you know, he's just going through life looking for the right sugar daddy. So he's been going through a lot of, you know, older men who, you know, they don't really fit the criteria because he's looking for a hot guy and, you know, a guy with money. So he finally found, he thought he found the right one, right? And then suddenly, you know, he finds out that he is um, hiding, he has a hidden agenda. Okay, so tell me about, you wrote the screenplay as well, right? I did, yes. So tell me when, how did, where did you kind of come up with this idea for this film? Is that kind of a little bit of biographical, like some, some... <laughs> like where is this crazy well, i have never i've never uh got myself involved with sugar daddies per se but uh friends have so um you know i was in my last year in film school this is my thesis film and um i've done a lot of dramas in the past and documentaries so and i was always you know intrigued about horror films so i said why not you know do a horror film and why not use sort of like the story of a friend that's happened that happened to a friend that he got infatuated with a sugar daddy. He didn't kill him, of course, but you know, but that's, 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 that's that, that was the premise, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So okay, so this what school was this done? Was this thesis film done at? This is for uh, the Los Angeles Film School here in LA. Okay, so I've I've obviously been fortunate enough to talk to a lot of people like yourself who's made who have made. Uh, thesis films at schools i've never you know what i don't think i'm trying to remember i don't think i've i've heard of a horror thesis film usually it's it's dramatic in tone like it's like i i think i love the idea like it's like a doing a straight out horror film for your thesis film and that's one of the reasons why i also went for, with horror because i want i wanted to break convention you know because i'm also using this thesis to apply for my master's so I thought that, you know, with all the competition out there, you know, I'm going to differentiate myself with this film because it's something that probably, you know, a committee, you know, of getting applicants will not see as often. And how'd that work out? Um, fingers crossed, I'm still, I'm still waiting, you know, to hear from, from the school. So um, I won't hear back until like two more months. Well, you're in, are you in school right now or? No, no, I graduated uh, the LA Film School. So now I'm trying to get into AFI, uh, UCLA. Oh, and gotcha, gotcha. Those are the those are the the other schools, I guess. Right? They, I yes, know, I know someone who did their master's at AFI. It was a, it's a good school to go to. It is an excellent school. It's very com very competitive. Um, so I'm just really hoping, you know, to get in there. <laughs> So tell me about the process of this, making this film. Was it all everybody was part of the of the of the school that you're going to? All the crew. Um, ninety percent of the crew. Yes, it is from school. You know, because um, as a school, as a thesis film, you know, we're trying to really save as much as money as possible. So students will join, you know, for hours and credits in order for them to graduate. 
Um, but it really started with um, in one of the writing classes I had. Um, I don't know if you know Darren Stein. He's uh, director for Jawbreaker, a big film in the 90s. And he's very into the LGBTQ uh, genre, especially horror genre. So he guided me through this whole process of, you know, developing the character, Rodrigo. And um, he toned me down a little bit because originally I had Rodrigo, you know, in one of the towards the climax of the scene of the film, you know, he kind of transformed himself into the wife. You know, he he starts wearing the negligee. And I had him actually go even further, right, to fix his, just not his hair, but also starting to put on the wife's makeup. So funny thing is that um, I was suggested to tone it down because especially in today's day and age, you know, um, we don't want to see a person, transgender-ish person being the antagonist of a film. So that was the most interesting part of the film. Um to me, at least, and especially out on the breastfeeding of the baby. What, what's your feelings of that? Logistics. Like, what's your feelings of that kind of, uh, dare I say, woke comment? Uh, being that, like, it's just yes. a character, right? Like, why? Like, what? what like, do you, do you do you agree with that? That maybe because it's the template of where we are now, and then things will get easier, or people yeah. won't be as concerned yeah. about kind of like generalizing that, or in the future, but. No, I, I do agree with what he said, although as an artist, right? I yeah, hate that's, that's the whole point, in, right? Like it's like that. Right. You, or, I, yeah. it, my artistry has been limited exactly. when I did this film because I didn't want to push it forward. So I have to really be very smart and very careful to what I what I was you know putting on the screen because I don't want to be canceled before I actually become somebody, you know, that would be the worst. <laughs> Well, is, um, <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's, that's an oxymoron. I don't even know if that can happen, but yeah, I it, understand what you're saying. I, I, you know, I don't know. So I was very careful. Now I have this weird sour taste in my mouth, right? That uh, because I have to really, you know, in, especially in Hollywood, everybody walks in eggshells and it's really yeah. um, starting to become very tiring, really, because uh, you can never please anyone. You're always going to displease someone. Uh, yeah, exactly. Really, uh, no matter what, likes. right? It's a good lesson exactly. learned. Exactly. But you took his advice, though, right? I did. I did take the advice. Uh, I changed the script. And um, I had it uh, played to a group of transgender people, actually. Yeah. Uh, that was his suggestion, and I went for it. And none of them saw nothing negative about it. So I got the green light by the group. And that, um, that actually helped out. Yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, so tell me about the like the cinematographer. The cinematographer was going to your school as well. Yes, so her name is Alison Strada. She's a very very good friend of mine, and uh, we worked together because uh, I love cinematography myself. Um, I was debating whether to go on masters for cinematography because I love lighting, as you can see. <laughs> um, so yeah, we worked together with the lighting and the mood of every scene. Um, every scene was very carefully uh, selected, the lighting. And how much lighting we're going to have on the scene to, you know, to sort of accentuate the mood of the each scene. Gotcha. And then, so did you guys, like, how did you guys set up the film? Did you, like, like uh, how did you prepare? Did you have, like, a set shot list? Did you storyboard things? Like, what was your preparation? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, the school is very diligent, which I really, I'm really happy. I'm really glad they are um, to go through every step, right? Because um, you have to get green lit it 
to uh, in order to produce a film. So you know to go through all the steps. You need to show your work. You need to show that you did your storyboards. That we yeah. our shot list, our floor plans with the lighting, and make sure that we have all the lighting available. Um, and that's that's a process of months, right? Because uh, well, you have the storyboards, you have the artist, you have uh, the cinematographer with the gaffer planning the uh, the uh, all the lighting. Um, so yeah, so you have to go through all the steps, at least in my school, for you to be able to show your work. You show your work, and then you are allowed to film and use, you know, the school sound stages because that we film, um, I think, like the two two sound stages of the school. Okay, so you the the so the the in the beginning you have the the kind of club scene that was all done. You guys kind of staged that in the sound oh, stage. Oh, the club scene. Uh, no, the club scene was an actually club in Long Beach. Uh, very good friend of That's mine. That's what I assumed. I assumed club. it looked so good. It looked, looked like a club. To, to each, yeah, but, it was a really nice club. It's called the, uh, it's called the Silver, no, the Executive Suites in Long Beach. How did you get, how'd you get that location? So I, I'm a, I'm a patron there. <laughs> I've been going there for the last like 10 years. And I asked the guys, the owners, uh, there's a wonderful couple, uh, Lenny. And Robert, if they were willing to, how much would they charge me to use the club for one day? You know, and they were like, don't worry about it, girl, just come and shoot it. You're fine. So really free club. So I saved myself like $1,200 there because that's usually the average price, you know, to per so day. So why do you, you must have put up a real bar, bar tab for them to do that. Well, 10 years of going almost every Thursday, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, all right. So average fifty dollars times times fifty. Oh my god! 10. That's probably a down payment of my house. Yeah. So five hundred <laughs> fifty times fifty weeks times ten five hundred times fifty dollars. Yeah. Just do the oh math right there. I don't even want to think about. It. Yeah, it's about it's twenty five. <laughs> well, it's twenty five thousand dollars basically. So. Oh geez. Okay. I guess. All right. Twenty five thousand dollars down the drain. I guess. <laughs> No, we, we got experience. You got life. You got a free location. That's right? true. That's true. I mean, without experience, I, I think you cannot, you know, write. You cannot direct. So I guess it makes sense. It all fits my artistic juices. So tell me about the actors. Where how did you find the actors? So the actors was uh, was really challenging because how it fall it fell in my year of school. I had to do the audition towards the end or the casting towards the end of November, towards December. And I didn't know how challenging it was to find actors at the time because everybody is on vacation. Everybody, you know, gets out of town. And usually, you know, per submission, per character, I will get at least 150 uh, interest, you know, self-tapes for me to yeah. review, right? For this, in this time, I only got like 15, 10 at the most. So it was really challenging. And I, and I was really with time because, you know, the school was telling me you need to have your people casted by the end of December no matter what. You know, for me to be able to shoot on February. So um, I work really hard with a casting director. His name is Carlos Melendez, um, who did fantastic finding me these two guys, uh, Rodrigo and and Rick, and also Melissa, the mother. Who uh, and my casting director is actually the drag queen who um, who is in the in the film yeah. and gets killed. Um, so she did wonderful. And so basically, like, yeah, so tell me about working with them, because obviously there's some interesting kind of moments. There's like an arc with your main character, obviously a lot of collaboration going on. How did you guys did you guys do any preparation like uh, uh, rehearsals before you started? 
we did we did uh we did we had table reads and um before you know shooting each day you know while people were fixing the sets you know we did rehearsals um the great thing about working with talented actors is that especially you know my my character rodrigo uh danny vitorino fantastic actor and he understood the the character so well and he's the one who called me days before you know hey can we had a chat and we actually chatted for like a few couple hours about the character and how he wanted to put his own color to the to the character and i think you know it worked fantastic he put rodrigo into a way into a mode that i wasn't really prepared to and he really nailed it with his expressions with his deliveries and I, I think he did great and with the rest of the actors the same you know they're very talented i have a few directions for them and they were right on it so tell me about ed the editing the process so you got the film shot and then it's 20 minutes it's 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 a little on the long side for 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 short but it works because you do have the kind of like the second half kind of revenge uh portion of it how is that putting the film together did you work with an editor um, I did in the first month, we have a class of post uh, editing. We have actually three three classes um, with uh, the first month was with this guy called Michael Frost. He's a fantastic edi edi editor in L.A. Um, he guided me through it because um, the original film, you know, it was really 28 minutes. So he helped me shave a lot. Right. And to make it more tight. Um, still, twenty minutes for him was too long. Yeah, but um, in order to convey, especially the arc of Rodrigo, I think I needed that much time, because it is in reality this whole story. You know, it should be developed like in a in, in a series, because we you need to see how Rodrigo comes to to that kind of personality, why he is the way he is, and um, I think twenty minutes it's what I need at least for this short, and um, I think it worked. You know, I've been. Uh, we've gotten a few um, nominations and wins. Um, actually, we we won, I think, like eight or nine film festivals so far in different categories. Um, but to be honest, yes, I was very scared about the 20 minutes because, you know, the longer your short is, the less probabilities it is to be accepted into a film festival. So, yeah, there's uh, some there's some truth to that. I, will, I won't deny that. But it, it oh, yeah. does work your film. Like I said, it, you're submitting to like our festival which is LGBTQ, LGBTQ um, mm -hmm. related. So you're kind of giving us a different kind of tone and, and vibe and genre than, than what's usually submitted to the festival, right? So it's like it kind of stands out that, in that regard. Right, because it is a character, you know, that he is a queer character, right? And he he's my protagonist and at the same time he's antagonist. Um, and it is a weird villain because you sort of sympathize with him. You don't hate him. You actually kind of please that he's killing these people, you know, because you know they're cheaters. So it's yeah. it's, it's a weird it's it's a weird mixed feelings for the audience. At least that's the feedback I had because they love him and they hate him at the same time. So, but it works. So you, but you were an actor yourself before, right? I was for uh, I was a theater and a film actor for ten years um, before uh, joining going behind cameras. So um, yes. And actually, I think that helps a lot, especially when I work with my, with my actors, because uh, I know what they go through, especially to develop a character. So um, we do all this. I'm a very 
theater geek person, especially with all the theater games that I do on set, because I do work, I do a lot of theater. Uh, I bring a lot of theater background into the films, at least when I work with the actors. Gotcha. But are you going to go back to acting, you think, or is directing your future? Um, maybe. Um, I do theater work here and there still, uh, just to keep that going. Um, but in reality, my passion is really film. And something I discovered during the pandemic, you know, I pandemic head, I was I was getting zero auditions. So I was like, okay, let me let me see what this is all about. So I enrolled myself in school for a few months to see let's see how it goes. And I loved it from day one. So I think I found my my little niche here. So tell me about the feedback. We send the feedback to you at the fe our festival. What did you think about what the our audience had to say about your film? Um it was um it was really nice. Um, I, I really. Um, there's a couple of feedback, especially one late one girl. I think it was either the first or the second one that she point out the lollipop, the heart. You know how it was melting, and that was actually very interesting because I didn't think about that. But the actor, he purposely chose that lollipop. That was his prop. He brought that prop. Um, that was a very uh, interesting um, how she pointed out because I would have never noticed that. Yeah. But, uh, I do agree with all the comments and I'm very pleased that um, Rodrigo, the main character, was or was perceived the way how I want him to be perceived, right? I didn't want him to be perceived as the villain. I wanted him people to sympathize with him and 100% of the people, the people's feedback, they were actually uh, empathetic towards him. Yeah. Him. But he's flawed, but we do we do like him. Oh, he's very flawed. Yeah, yeah, he's very flawed. But he's one of the guys, you know, that he is so unhinged and so bizarre, right? That it makes sometimes when you meet people that are so weird, out of you know, out of what normality is, you know, you kind of feel attraction towards them, and you kind of want to know more about them. So it's, why is this guy so weird like this, right? Yeah. So I think he fits <laughs> that personality. So. Hundred percent. And so, right now, according to your the blog interview, you're working on a documentary right now. Yes. So, um, well, I'm very intrigued, right, with what's happening in today's society, especially what happened to me with this film and how um, how much woke is affecting the LGBTQ itself. Because at, at least here in LA, and what I hear when I talk to people, I meet new people, is that. There's starting to happen a division between the LGB and the TQ and all the letters that follow. Um, you know, they're saying that trans activism may be actually hurting the whole LGBTQ. Um, so it's something that I want to develop. I want to. Um, There's a story there, research. that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I want to do research on that. I want to. I want to really interview both sides of the story, right? I mean, the ones who are pros, the cons, and and have people come to their own conclusion. So basically, LGB, it's the gay, lesbian, bi, bisexual, like the original right. founders of the community. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, the and because I have a couple of transgender friends yeah. who they're fed up with the whole trans activism, right? They're thinking they're actually hurting them because people are being so against transgender people. Yeah. But in reality, you know, a transgender, when they go through the whole process of, because they have this personality dysphoria, right? They go through um, therapy, they go through surgeries to become, you know, the gender they want to be. 
and you know nowadays we, we we see on the news you know like men who just you know with beers they want to join the men's the women's bathroom because they feel themselves as women yeah and a lot of people have been against it and at the end of the day it's a whole lgbtq that gets affected by it so okay so, so you uh, you, you want to expand on what you're talking about like you mean that that basically if you're a male say you're born a male right and then but you want to basically play on the women's college team mm -hmm. for example exactly what, that's not that, we're like i i have my views on that where it's like it, right. it sounds a little bit unfair but right is it unfair is, is it fair are, are we consider women you know transgender women women now to compete against other women that's very that's a very interesting topic for me to to discover um because there's both sides, right? And that's where the, uh, again, it seems like there's a rupture in the LGBTQ people yeah. because there's a lot of people who are very pros, very, you know, especially the, if you're very liberal, like in LA, a yeah. lot of us are liberal here. So they will be pushing, you know, that, you know, to make trans women, women, but the really trans women who go through surgeries, you know, and they actually, you know, look like a female hundred percent, they're against it. You know, because they. Well, here's they... the thing, right? Like, uh, so Serena, you know, Serena Williams, one of the greatest yeah, tennis players. Wonderful woman. Exactly. She says that when she was at her prime, when she was the best female tennis player, she was probably the the 80th best tennis player in the world. So meaning mm -hmm. that the 79th best male tennis player was better than her, right? Right. So, so if one of those male tennis players who was like ranked 77th in the world decides to basically become a woman is that fair for him to compete in the women's tennis pro exactly is it fair well right? no it's well i'm i my subjective opinion no it's not fair so basically and my subjective opinion would be not fair right because i yeah. mean unless maybe if you are you have transitions at an early age right your bones haven't changed have developed your lungs yeah. capacity is still you know like the size of a female maybe Right. But what happens when you transition late in life, you know, and you have all these advantages, physical advantages, right? Like lung capacity, yeah. right? Broad shoulders, you know, stronger femurs. What happens there? Right. Is it for because we want to make everything equal? Are we really being equal? We're we taking women's rights away. Right. That's the question. And I think that's a lot of. Um, that's what the climate it is right now here, at yeah. least in L.A., no, but that's an interesting uh, in that's US. an interesting topic. I don't even understand how that's even a debate as far as I'm concerned, but but basically, exactly. yeah. Are you part but, of the LGBTQ? I would love to hear I would love to hear the other side yeah. of that argument to tell you the truth. Are you part of the LGBTQ though? Uh yeah, hundred percent. So that's what I'm okay. saying. I, yeah. So see, you are another one who is like weird and who is like in between. You are really sick. No, but this is just this is just science, right? This is just it is it like, is yeah. comes to science. It is comes down to science, right? Chromosomes, right? You're talking about emotion versus science. You're talking about about you know what I mean, like about one someone's right to to be who they are, which one hundred percent everybody's allowed to be who exactly who they are. I have no exactly problems with that at all. But you're talking about something, someone who's trying to take advantage of, of a situation. situation right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and, an apples and oranges uh, argument, right? So I know in Canada it's equally as hot the topic, especially in the in your community, because I've been listening to the news. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's maybe the downside of living in a in a society 
like LA, like Canada, right? That it is yeah. so liberal. And what happens when, you know, when we reach a point, because we're probably going to reach a point of no return. Yeah. And what's going to happen to the future generations? What happened to, you know, what's going to happen to them? I don't know. Because it seems to me that everything yeah. is going like in a downhill spiral. So. No, but I get it because it's sort of like like back in the day where like uh, the, the bring back your original argument about like wanting to change, needing to change the script. Back in the day, like if you were gay, you were like there. If you're gay on you're you're on screen. Like in the eight back in the eighties, and then even in the nineties, you're you're kind of a villain. You would be the villain villainous character, or you'd be like kind of like creepy and like a pedophile. You know what I mean? All these kind of like horrible. You know, yeah, you have you have two sides. Terms. You have that. And the very com comedic one, right? The very feminine, committed, yeah, who's like, whore, yeah. Yeah, over the whore, top, so, like, yeah. like obsessed with sex kind of character, exactly, guess, right? Yes, and there, there, and there's so much, there's so much in between, you know. And, yeah. Um, I think but, we but are basically, but we've come a long way. And you, have, you did you see White Lotus, the, the show White Lotus? I, I, you know what? I'm gonna kick myself because everybody's exactly. No, I have not watched. Okay, it. so season two of White Lotus. <laughs> Without spoiler alert, basically, like uh, it's like the the the, the main antagonists are, are are gay, are gay, right? Mm -hmm. But now it's like it's fine because it's like we've we've gone we've kind of gone through the circle, and they're the character who's Mike White, who is gay himself, is writing these characters because that's where the story's going for him as a writer, right? That's right. where the story lands for him, right? But I understand that maybe if it was twenty years ago because the climate was so high, maybe he wouldn't be writing those characters, but now that we've gone to where we are, now we've gone in this in this community itself, right? But then maybe it's the same way with the trans community. Maybe they've seen so much bad stereotypes that eventually that it won't even be a problem. Like nobody's gonna have question your judgment on your script, I guess, right? Right, and I, yes, and that's 100% true. Um, hopefully that comes sooner than later. Because yeah. truth to be told, you know, a person, whether whatever your gender is, whatever your sexual orientation is, we're flawed by nature, right? And we're going to have all these different traits and personalities that will make a character that makes a character so interesting. And when society tells you this character cannot be this way, it goes really against nature because it goes really because it doesn't exist. Characters yeah. exist flawed, and that's that's pure nature, pure science. Yeah. Well, Jay, uh, I've taken too much of your time. I know you got a birthday coming up. Uh, so as we're doing this oh, podcast, wow. it might have uh, this <laughs> podcast might be already been launched when you when your birthday is already passed. But I want to wish you a happy birthday and so uh, can't wait to see your next film. God, keep making movies and it seems like you're on your way. So you're going to go from horror to documentary, which is a great transition. Documentary. I love documentaries. So yeah. and horror. So you want to see more of that for sure in the future. <laughs> All right. Let's talk again soon then. I, I appreciate your time. All right, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. One, two, three, four, five, six.